Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani, and we got some great vibes for you today. My guest today, his name is Clifton Skeletor. He's one of my favorite people. And beyond that, this guy does layers and layers of amazing things. How do I even start? Uh, even I think I have the same problem starting this interview. Cliff wears so many hats. Currently the owner of Launchpad Creative. But leading up to that, just overall lived such an ambitious life in the media universe. From working at CTV, being a videographer editor there, putting together stories. Also being an on-camera guy. To kicking ass with his own freelance videography, which ultimately led to Launchpad Creative in Sudbury, helping out a lot of businesses and artists. And Cliff is such a great mind of both the business and creative aspects. I know some people, uh, they feel like they're one or the other. And Cliff really strives you should be everything. Also believes if you do feel like you're one or the other, you can train yourself. And not only that, with uh, personality traits, we dive deep in this episode uh, beyond his work and his story into a lot of philosophical um, topics of introverts and extroverts and just life in general. And I'm happy to send this episode your way. Um, I think vibes like his are, are needed in this time. We're currently in the quarantine era. A lot of us are keeping to ourselves and... Um, Cliff, every time I cross paths with him or work with him on a project, always gives me a huge boost in my spirits, and I'm happy to share his vibe with you today. Also, this is the first of probably many that um, I'm doing remotely, and I want to let you know um, my internet is kind of a little unreliable. Um, there's a couple moments in this episode where it got a little skippy, but... Um, it really didn't take away from everything we talk about. And yeah, this is just a good one. I'm happy to be able to keep doing these. Um, I do miss the studio. Shout out to TalkShoe. And I also want to let you guys know, if you guys are listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcast listening apps, that each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. I usually have pictures of me and the guests in the studio on there, um, but uh, you'll you'll have a link to to Launchpad Creative if you're interested in checking that out, and all of Cliff's social media tags if you want to follow him. I recommend it. Just again, a great vibe and some solid inspirational energy, which I think is needed around these times. All right, but that's all I gotta say for an intro. We're gonna get into this one. Here's Clifton Skeletor coming at you right now. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Oh my God, that's dope. 
Yes, the Holy future Jesus. is I now. Mean, this is how oh, we we're talking to each other after the apocalypse hits. Like we're not allowed to see anybody. This is this crazy. Is, crazy. Yeah. is this not a wild world we're living in right now? Yeah, it's so weird. I feel like um, I'm not even properly processing it. Like I'm being very optimistic though, which is, I guess is good. But uh, that is how good. are you feeling about everything? It's a great question, Sean. Uh, I feel, I, I think we talked about this earlier. I feel guilty for feeling good right now and yes. I don't feel good I don't feel good that anyone's suffering I don't feel good that anyone's in a bad situation that actually breaks my heart and makes me very emotional um, but I feel I personally am processing this well so far which also scares me because that's just how my brain works yeah yeah it's like because we in our, I think our lifetime, we've never been through something like this. And um, I've seen both sides of the coin where some people are just like really freaked out. And then there's people like me or you or we're, where we're just like, you know what, like, let's make the most of it. Like, I'm at home, I don't have to go to work type of thing. And I, I'm like, in a way loving it. But again, yeah, there was like a, a guilt that hits me once in a while. Like, what should I be like, a little more scared or what the fuck this is cool to have you on right now because uh you're somebody who i wanted to have on the show for a while now and i was hoping to get you in the studio you know but uh the situation we're in right now we're just gonna have to roll with the punches and keep moving forward and um i kind of want to go back in time with you because i know the now cliff skeleter i know the man the founder of launchpad um, a guy who wears so many hats, it's almost hard for me to explain right now. But I kind of want to go... Hold on, I feel like this is appropriate with what you're saying. Wait, this is just audio, eh? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so nobody's going to see what I'm about to do right now. Nice. <laughs> what did I do? You, cha you, um, you changed your hat. It's I went from a red hat to an orange hat just because I really wanted to show um, to you that I do wear many hats. I wanted to compliment what you were saying and like how appropriate is it to do on an audio podcast for me to change my hat and nobody could even see it happening well you know what this thing i think it is recording video so maybe i can post our first video version of the show there <laughs> so, you go yeah yeah also i find it funny doing things on podcasts that the audience can't see and then yeah. describing it to them yeah, for sure, for sure. Actually, at my studio space, there's a huge window, and um, there's a lot of, like, busyness going out there, and sometimes you see the most random thing, or people waving at you, and it'll throw off my guests, and then we'll start, like, laughing, and then, like, we always have to go back a bit and explain, like, in context of what's happening out there and stuff like that, but yeah, you're right. I it's love that stuff as an audience member. When I'm listening to podcasts, and I'm, I'm an avid podcast uh, listener, and uh, that's one of my favorite things. It's the theater of the mind, right? Yeah, yeah. And it feels real. It feels alive. It's almost like you're uh, sitting around with the people you're listening to. And that's those are Absolutely. like, those are like the best vibes of like podcasts that I, I love. And I try to like, even though like I do these as like a guided interview, I try to keep it like as loose as possible too, at the same time where it just can flow in so many different dire directions and stuff. And just, I don't know, it's like, I feel like it's a mix of like being like super relaxed and just being fucking real at the end of the day too. 
Absolutely. Sorry, I totally cut you off too. So I'll, no, this I'll is cool. You. This is cool. Like just like what I was saying, it's just like we can flow around. But and um, like I said too, like I kind of have a, a guided way too. So I was gonna, I was actually gonna spin around back to you again. And um, you do so many things in the media world professionally, and I kind of want to know what what spawned that, like when you were a kid, were you watching things like much music and all these different, or the news or like all these different interviews and what kind of gravitated you towards like um, this lifestyle you live? Well, that's a great question, Sean. Uh, I'm going to compliment all your questions. So every time you ask a question, I'll say, well, that's a great question, Sean. <laughs> I so love it. I love it. <laughs> I'll use it to formulate my answer. And also it's true. I like the question. It's always one of those uh, difficult ones uh, to answer what attracted you to a certain, what you do with your life, right? Uh, when I was a kid, I was always fascinated with the media and every, like, every form of it. And that was movies, TV. You nailed it. You said much music. You're right. Yeah, well, right? you're a Canadian boy, so. A couple of yeah. Canadian boys. Yeah. And uh, interesting, um, this idea of your studio you said there's a window there that people could see in that i remember when i'd go to toronto so i'm from a city called sudbury it's a few hours north of toronto and we would travel in and that was always a treat and we would go by much music and they'd have those big windows and you could see them working inside and that was always such a, a, a attractive thing to me i thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Same, same, it was so exciting too. Right? And so I'm gonna answer your question, but I'm also gonna say right now, my agency that I have up here, we are on the ground level, we have a big window in the front, and people walk by constantly seeing us do what we do, our computers and our drawing table and our different you know, presentation type things that we yeah. have in there. And they're constantly, people are like, what is this space? And I love that. I love that uh, that little bit of mystery and intrigue that's created from that. Yeah, and there's just such a, a vibe from it too. Like from what I've seen in all the pictures and stuff, it's it's cool. Like you got like quotes on the wall and yeah, yeah, yeah big and, old chalkboard wall and just in this beautiful uh, font, handwritten. It just says gratitude because that's the reminder. It's easy to slip and not be grateful, and I'm grateful. And so when I was a kid, and this is, this is you know, going back to the question, uh, I was so fascinated with media from every angle of things, right? I wasn't just fascinated with the presenters or the actors or whoever was in front of the camera. I was so interested in the production aspect, how they were putting it together. And my mom always will laugh with me. She'll say, uh, when I was a kid, I would look at her and would be watching a movie and I'd say, did you notice that angle they did and why they did that? And my mom would be like, no, why did they do that? And then I'd try to explain to her my understanding, uh, like a little kid mind, of why they brought the camera really low to look at a certain character because I believe they were trying to make that character more dominating looking, right? Oh, cool, cool. So that, those, were the thing, those were the things I was thinking about, how even the choices from the camera from the camera's point of view of how it's influencing the audience and it's a part of the storytelling so yes i was interested in that stuff as a kid i absolutely obsessed with uh storytelling love it 
I come from a family of, of, of good storytellers, not all. And, and do, you know, do you know what, Sean? Do you know who the, were the best storytellers in my family? Uh, who? The introverts. Okay? Oh, yeah. That's, I see that in my life, too. Like, they're quiet, I, they're seeping stuff in. And... Yes. I, so I, I'm an extrovert. My qualities tend to be more extroverted, even though I have a lot of introverted qualities that most people don't see right away, maybe. But when you get to know me, you see that they're there. I've always been super drawn to introverts. Mm. Um, that quietness is intriguing to me. I know they're listening. I love it. I know they're paying attention. Uh, I have quite a few introverts. My creative partner, Jason Hebert, he's an introvert. Yeah, shout out to Jason too. He's fucking awesome. Great guy. Dude, dude, dude. wait till you hear his new track. So he's also a musician. Uh, his album that he's doing one song at a time on is called Bear Attack. He has one song out there right now called Millions. Dude, it's so good, Sean. Oh, it's so good. I'm yeah. so proud of him. Yeah, he's so fucking talented. And actually, um, every episode I end with a song too, so we'll put his release one at the end of this one as well. But, oh, that makes me so happy. Oh yeah, it's it's cool. You're kind of like uh, the the very open, always talkative leader, and then you got like a gang of like maybe like little quieter people. And um, <laughs> but it's it's cool, like um. I'm with you with the introverts too. Um, there's there's a couple people even like recently in my life who have became like really good friends of mine. But when I met them at first, they were just kind of very quiet, reserved, professional. And um, I just had this feeling in my gut. I'm like, this person has a story. And it's just like, yes. and, like uh, and then once you tap into them, you're like, oh my God, you are amazing. Like my intuition on that is always right. And, uh, that gut feeling, you could yeah. see it in their eyes. You could see it in their body language. Um, you know, even though I'm, I, I'm a talker, I'll say that. I'm a talker. I believe I'm a walker. I've done everything in my ability to, to make sure I follow through on what I'm saying. Fact, but I could fact. understand how, how I could come across to some people. Like, I understand why some people, I'm not their cup of tea. Right? I, I get it. I, I, I understand it. I, um, I don't get that, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, Sean. I I'm going to be you. full of com compliments during this interview, too, because you're like I, one of my favorite fucking people. Like, just best vibe. Mutual. But, uh, yeah, sorry to cut you off there, but, like, I, I'm sure, like, some, some people, like, they don't like the, I don't know, maybe they just maybe feel like they're some kind of social intrusion when somebody's being, like, super open and being very friendly and maybe asking them a lot of questions and stuff like that. You got it, right? A little bit, pe some people are maybe a little bit more closed off or they read you a different way, right? We're, we're absolutely horrible. So one of the people I really like their work is Malcolm Gladwell. Do, do you know Malcolm? Uh, I'm not familiar with it. I'm gonna push him on you hardcore. So he's actually originally from Canada. Um, and he's gone on to become quite the prolific writer. He wrote a book called The Tipping Point. Um, and he, his most recent one is called Talking uh, with Strangers. Cool, and cool. It, it, the whole thesis behind it is how we so often misread each other. I know ah. I feel like I'm going off on a tangent here. But no, I, like I, really do think, I really do think. And, and so he talks about the Amanda Knox case. Uh, the young lady that got arrested in an Australia, American girl, though. 
Um, that's an interesting case to look at and how she was misread by the police. And so we do this often. And so I find it super fascinating. Somebody like me, I, I run a branding agency and a lot of my life revolves around trying to understand people, what motivates us, what makes us happy, what makes us feel connected. Oh, and yeah. uh, I, I think like for me, introverts, I feel like I could, even though they're mysterious, I feel like something about their expressions could be more honest. Mm, okay, and yeah, pe yeah. People like me that are a little bit more extroverted, they could be distracting with all of the talk so that it's actually a little even, it's even harder to read them. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's right? very interesting. And yeah, um, so, I, I know so, you... So for me, I try to dial it back, but there's just, I'm very like hyper and passionate and, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like um, we could be in like a crowded room too. And I always like, um, like feel your energy or whatever. Like you kind of like, you're this, you're like the standout guy, which I think is a good thing too. It's, it's, it's really cool. I, I, I think so. Hey, listen, don't get me wrong. I love myself. I'm very lucky. It's, it's, uh, you know, I know sometimes maybe that's a weird thing to say, but I want more people to say that about themselves. I want people to feel comfortable with saying they love themselves. Um, and I'm no, by no means am I, fuck, I'm nowhere near close to perfect. Like I am, you know, we're, whoo, that is, that's on the other side of the world. Yeah, but I'm yeah. so proud of my progress. And I'm very blessed that I had a mother that is super loving and has like, um, from an early age, very much celebrated my nonsense, my weirdoness, my creativity, and, and, and wasn't like, um, you know, wasn't, didn't, didn't really put me down. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky for that. And, and yeah, I, I, I want more people to love. So I do love myself, but I, I'm also very, I'm introspective as well. Yeah, yeah. I also feel like um, your open personality too, like, actually helps you as a leader in like, almost like when you're building a team as well, like you're able to be the guy who's open and start connecting people together who are maybe too quiet on the spectrum, you know, like, and um, your personality, like you're going to, you like to get to know all these uh, introverts and stuff and you, you'll find out like different traits and stuff and then you can end up matching these people together. And like, I don't know, it's a skill, so, Sean, social skill. Like, thank you for, thank you for that. You're very perspective. Uh, sorry. You're very perceptive. <laughs> Those words are too close. Your my perspective of your perceptiveness is 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 uh, is that you have a, a lot of it, and you're very good at noticing those things. Um, and so again, I love how you started the question with draw, uh, tying it to my childhood, right? Because there are so much similarities with me wanting to from a very early age connect with people and learn about them like I was super interested in my classmates and like oh, cool, cool I would be like oh man like you got to meet my other friend over here he's into that too and you guys are gonna get along right yeah, and I yeah. Loved, like, like it wasn't even just like like a match I was like friendship making like I loved connecting people and making them friends and like a lot of times I love connecting people as friends and they're just being like I'm yeah, out of stepping that away. <laughs> That's cool. Right? Like I don't really need, like cool. I want you guys. I want to see pictures of you guys hanging out and doing and having fun and developing like these rich, meaningful uh, friendships. And like I, I feel like this sense of pride. Like yeah, I saw something there. Right. 
I knew yeah. they'd be friends. That's um, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> that started off young. And again, it went to, and it, it goes to family life as well. I have two older sisters. One of them I was raised with. The other one I wasn't. We're all really close. I love my sisters to death. But the sister I was raised with, Victoria, is extremely introverted, right? Um, very shy, very quiet, very soft-spoken. Also the most wonderful human being to ever walk the planet. Um, she's an early childhood educator. Uh, she's just so smart, so caring, so kind. And she took care, she was really good at nurturing me as a kid, four years younger than her, um, and just being a great older sister. But also, she was the one that would be too, like, she'd be really shy to do something. So she'd be like, in my ear, that's just for the audio listeners, that that's her whispering in my ear to go to do whatever it was, go talk to the adult or go do this thing. And I was always her, I almost acted as a speaker for people. Yeah, yeah, right? just kind of like um, the confident translator, you know, that's it's really interesting. Did you say the confident translator? Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, if, I love that. If somebody's oh, like so a little like shy to ask for something, and I I tend to like um, go in waves of that. Like I don't know what it is. I think it's because like uh, maybe I'm a Gemini or something. I don't know if you're the astrology, but there's like two sides of me where like yeah. one day I'll wake up and I'll be like, yeah, let's do this. I'm like flirting with girls on the streetcar and all this, and then the next day it's just like. Oh, I just like don't want to ask somebody for like the simplest thing or just I don't know what it is. It's like an energy shift I get and stuff like that. So what's cool about that story too? It's like I uh, I related to you and your sister at the same time, which, which is probably bipolarness or something. But <laughs> I believe in personality types. I just believe in traits, right? So I believe we're all a compilation of traits. Uh, as opposed to just putting people in this box of saying, that's the type of person you are, and that's how you're hardwired to be. I don't believe that. And a lot of the social science that I read or listen to tends to disagree with this idea of uh, types as well. Mm. Um, and I don't actually think it's healthy for people to put themselves in a box because then they just think that that's the way they are. Yeah. And I, don't, I want people to understand that they have free will and they have the ability to change things about themselves. Like, I believe an introvert could become an extrovert if they wanted to, or vice versa. Um, I, I believe, like, there's, I've changed traits of mine. Um, I used to be a heck, heck, I said heck instead of hell, because I'm like, I, I keep going in my brain, I'm like, am I allowed to swear? <laughs> I, I used to be a hell of a lot more impatient with things that I'm so patient with now. Ah, yeah. um, and I trained that into myself. I trained those traits into myself. I began with daily rituals that became routines that turned into habits. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my, my thought on, on that and, and probably why I'm like the way I am, the, the wild and crazy guy I am. So we got to me when I'm we're, we we dug into your personality. We kind of dug into some early influences too. And, um, what kind of started you on this path? Like when you took a step into it, did you pick up a camera? Were you trying to do some hosting? Like, how did this happen? Okay, great. Again, great question. <laughs> I, uh, 
I weirdly kind of, I mean, some back of my mind intent and also a little like luck as well. I, when I got out of school, out of high school, I went right into advertising in college. And so I started to learn some stuff there, did a year, dropped out, went back for graphic design, dropped out. And I kept kind of doing that with school. I was just so lost and confused and not sure what to do with myself. And at the time I was also working at Future Shop for most of my twenties, I was at Future Shop and I worked in the, what was called the communications department. So that was selling cameras and cell phones. And I was able to get my hands on cameras and started just experimenting and doing my own things, recording little short videos, just having fun with friends. Uh, even with Photoshop, man, just, I remember, you know, uh, pirating a copy early on. I pay now. I've paid for many years. <laughs> Adobe has made a lot of money. When you're a student, you got to do what you got to do, you know? <laughs> I basically gave myself a free trial. Right? But did right? you so, keep making new emails so the trial will keep going? Oh, yeah. Every trick in the book, you name <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I'm about that life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like... I could picture the version of Adobe Premiere that I had, Adobe Premiere and Adobe uh, Photoshop. Like I remember like the, the, the UX, like the background was super gray. Remember it was gray with these drop shadows, really hideous. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. But it was cool at the time. Like it was super dope at the time. And so I got to start messing around and I'd, I'd, I'd end up in these funny like Photoshop wars with my friends like circa 2003 or four or whatever year it was. And, you know, they'd be amazed that I could Photoshop their head onto a donkey. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it would take me 14 hours. To do it. <laughs> but you did it. And it was like 2004. It was like, it was extra hard to use those programs as well. Like, oh, like, yeah. Everything. You don't so have the tools that they do now. Yeah. And um, so I started kind of doing that. And then I, I got my first, you know, big boy job at, uh, actually, before I get there, I went to university for communications. Again, terrible student though, right? But yeah. I was taking a lot of film classes and I ended up with this one teacher, uh, this one professor, Dr. Hoi Chu, small little uh, Chinese guy, uh, probably about 90 pounds spoke like 18 different languages and he walked into the classroom and one of the first sentences he said he he said he goes uh i'm gonna teach you how to predict the future <laughs> i'm like i'm in and he holds up a pen and he goes to the class what happens if i let go of this pen and everybody's like it falls on the ground he's like how do you know that it hasn't happened yet mm. you're predicting the future and, and we're like, well, because we just know about gravity. He's like, can you see gravity? No. Well, okay, we used information that we have from the past uh, to inform what we believe will happen in the future. And something about that in my brain, it just, it's like a new set of wires were connected together. And it just kind of went into, it brought me on this whole journey of going, okay, we could, to a certain degree, predict the future if we use information. And I know this isn't like mind blowing for most people, but for me, you know, uh, it, 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 it was a lot for me. And so I was really engaged with this particular teacher. 
And, you know, we started doing video work and in, in, in class and producing little movies and uh, documentaries and we took broadcast new media where we got more into like the more news media side of things. Uh, how to do uh, podcasts and 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 uh, news stories and th things like that. So after school, I got my first big boy job uh, at CTV. Nice. And it was cool. It was cool, man. Like I got to do everything. When I first started, I actually got to do some reporting, and then I kind of went more into the production side of things, where I was I had a camera and I was out shooting stories and. Um, I remember everything was so fast, right? And here, here's a fun little uh, mantra that I was taught at some point. I don't know if you've ever gotten this one before, um, but I would repeat this in my head because I would very often get sent to uh, these events. Really read them. I just figure it out once I got there. But from a recording, from a camera guy point of view, I would just be repeating in my head, tight, medium, wide, action, reaction, emotion. Tight, medium, wide, action, reaction, emotion. And so I knew if I went into this room and I got my tight shot, my medium shot, my wide shot, if I got my action, my reaction, and my emotion, that I'd have enough that when I went back to my editing bay, I'd be able to cut something together. Oh, that's brilliant, too. It's like I've, I've seen so many situations with uh, different filmers and stuff. They get back to, like, their editing station, and they're just like, oh, I don't have enough, or, like, people building music videos or whatever. Yes. And that's sick that you thought about it that way. And almost going full circle to you uh, being a kid, like, uh, looking and telling your mom, like, oh, you know why they shot it like this and stuff like that? It's like that certain you got it. brain has been with you your entire life. Well, also another thing, because I was a lazy kid and, and Bill Gates famous, famously said like lazy people are great um, innovators because they are, they find efficient ways to do things. And, and I believe that, right? Because I was a lazy kid, I was always trying to find uh, the most optimized way of doing something. Uh, and at first it burned me a lot, right? Because sometimes you're taking shortcuts that you shouldn't be taking. Mm. Um, but if you could cut the fat, right? And so I know that our brain, the less we have to think of certain things, if we could automate it in our brain, then we could focus our energy on other, other things, right? So I knew I had to automate the way I, when I went to events, I had to automate my brain's way of capturing everything I needed oh. without having to think too much. Because the other thing I had to be thinking of, who do I talk to in this room? What questions am I going to ask them? And, you know, uh, where do I set up? All of that stuff, right? There's a yeah. lot to think about. You've been yeah. in this situation, so you know, Sean. Yeah, there's so many um, layers that people don't see. They, they always look at the finished product and they're like, this guy's just talking. They don't know about your whole fucking day of like lugging the gear and it's like, oh, we can't do it here because there's going to be some noise from this direction and stuff like that. Like it's so You got it. The sometimes. wind is going this way. I want to put our back to the wind. Uh, but also the sun's on the other side. How do we do this? Do we bounce the light off of something? You know, all of those thoughts, your brain's just doing a whole bunch of those calculations. Yeah, yeah. But um, I feel like the, the true professional too, it's like makes the audience not see all that, you know? Like you can figure out how to just drive the, 
the narrative in a way too, which is the the, the the comparison that I always loved. Now I'm sure other people have said this before. I I never heard it until I said it, but I guarantee other people because it's such an obvious comparison. But I look at it the same way like a chef looks at what they're doing, right? When I'm going out and getting my video, that's me in the grocery store, getting all of the items I need. When I'm cooking it, that's me in the editing bay. I'm cutting things, I'm mixing things, and I'm, cre I'm creating what I want. And then when I eat my meal, it's like me watching the video, ah, right? Ah, nice analogy. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, it, I think that the comparison is, is there. That's why you see, you know, there's so many dope uh, food shows now. The reason being my theory is because chefs and videographers are so similar. They end up becoming friends and then they just produce shit together. <laughs> That's awesome. And probably true. You know, it's like, it's like we do different things, but they're not that different. And they're yeah. so similar. Actually, um, doing this show, um, I interview so many different artists of all different like styles from music to comedy to pro wrestlers. And it seems like if I told somebody my show, they're like, oh, this is fucking random. But really, like everything just kind of overlaps each other. And like everybody yeah. has like, like the same story in a way, even though they're doing different things. Like almost like your analogy with the, the chef and the videographer. Yeah, it's commonality, right? So one of the presentations I give uh, sometimes, I get, I'm very lucky I get invited to talk uh, with uh, different businesses. And, and, and my favorite is when I get to talk with kids, right? Like younger kids, whether it's like high schools or university and college. And the thing I always say is like, what I believe the purpose of life is, um, is, is connecting, right? And just to connect with ourselves, to connect with nature, to connect with other people, I believe that that's what brings us uh, the most amount of fulfillment. So we understand we have a purpose, which is a goal. So the goal we have is to connect. We understand the goal, and as soon as we can understand the goal, we're ahead of the game. We can work towards that. Now, how do we connect? And what I believe, the, the, here's your superpower tip of the entire podcast. All right, I gave you a good one when it comes to video. Here's your just life power tip. Commonality. Find the commonality and you will connect. If you're in a room full of people or just with somebody one-on-one -on -one and you find you're having a hard time connecting, if you just search for the commonality and it's there, there is something that you have in common. Find it. Because as soon as you can find the commonality, you could build rapport. And when you build the rapport, you connect. And you connect in a more meaningful way. That's so gold, man. Thank you for that gem, man. This is, <laughs> this is sick. <laughs> like, uh, and and that's, that's so true. Even like, uh, I'm almost like, I had a question for you. And now you're making me so introspective on like, just <laughs> fucking everything <laughs> right now, which is really, really good. But good, yeah, good. That's, that's cool. Like, um, that's such like a, a great um, perspective to have, especially for what you're doing. It's like, it's just so much like, um, how to, how to put it? Like, it's, there's, there's so many layers to what you're doing with like, uh, people relationships to working with like different types of tools and everything too. And like, yeah, well, yeah. I think my, my job 
So as a branding strategist, which is how I define myself, I have certain creative tools at my disposal from, you know, design the video to, you know, websites to programming. Like we have the tools, but I think ultimately the tools have to be guided by a higher purpose. Mm. And so my higher purpose with my agency is to give companies and people and organizations a deeper meaning that they could share with their clients or customers because that's what we're doing we're, we're like fuck buddy all we're doing is searching for deeper meaning yeah facts man facts that's man. just a fact that's i mean you know however you know what was it 40 Fifty thousand years ago when the first person drew on a wall in france you know whatever piece of art they they drew they were trying to create meaning visually mm. right one of the things that i thought was super cool is when it dawned on me and i think i read well i read this somewhere i you know um that the first piece of graphic design was writ the written word Wow. I never thought of that. Yeah, me neither. And you you think it would be like so like basic to think of that, but no, it's like you're well, you're really, so engulfed you, with so, like what graphic design is. You don't go back to like the the prime, early primal that. state of all this shit. People think of logos and they think that's graphic design. It's like, no, how do you visually communicate something? And the early people would communicate things that were quite literal what they were trying to communicate like lion person lion maybe eats person be careful maybe there's lions around here they're gonna <laughs> fucking eat your punk ass right so it was quite literal and now we're at a stage where we use visual um not just visual too because we use auditory stuff as well uh, but primarily visual uh, uh, tools to give and to share deeper meaning, right? We're trying to share emotion because we connect through our emotions. Primarily, I mean, look, this COVID-19 thing sucks dick, all right? Mm -hmm. It's not a good situation overall. But I could see a whole bunch of communities forming and connecting over this. It's bringing us together. Yeah, definitely. Even though like they're saying stay away from each other, I'm noticing like how people are interacting online and different type of posts and stuff that it's like kind of making their mentality and their hearts closer together in a way where we're like, even like this is something serious and shit like that. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting people singing from their shit. apartments. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what were you saying there? Sorry, I, I cut you off. No, just the people singing from their apartments in Italy. And I saw some video from Brooklyn, the same thing. Like, how beautiful is that? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like this feeling of hope. We're all going to be together and like, let's just, I don't know, make the most of it. And like, yeah, again, like, I feel like people are being way nicer to each other. Even like um, I, when I go out and get some fresh air or some groceries, um, I've been doing this new thing where I jog in the morning too. And I notice like people like it's who like, cause I, I'm in Toronto and usually this is like the city of people with their head down, just walking in a line. Yes. Um, people are kind of like smiling and nodding and holding doors for each other. Like I see it more than 
I have in yeah. my eight years of living here. Sean, you, you, so you pointed out a great thing there and, and, and something that I find when people ask me why I haven't moved to Toronto, because it's a very common question. People think, you know, it's the biggest city in our career. Maybe that's true. I don't know. I don't know that. I do believe that, you know, I need to, I, lo I love visiting uh, and I love doing business with the people I do business with out there and seeing friends like you and, and, and the other people I love to see. Um, I do have a hard time with that. Everybody kind of looking down at their feet and nobody, um, it doesn't feel as friendly. Yeah. yeah now, the true. flip side of that is that I understand it. Mm -hmm. I understand that people are in a rush. People have to get places and they can't be held up. I especially empathize with women. If you're a beautiful woman, it's not just looking over and being friendly and giving somebody a smile. That could turn into a whole situation. Yeah, right? true, true. And so after a while, I could imagine why you would want to just be like, I'm just not making eye contact. I got to get to where I'm going. And I don't want to be a dick. But at the same token, I mean, yeah, I've got things I got to do. Yeah, for sure. It's just like kind of like in their mind. It's like, okay, point A to point B in the middle is just obsolete in a way. Well, because there's a lot of guys out there, quite frankly, that can't just be friendly. They can't just walk by and also smile back. In their mind, they're like, oh, this is my opportunity. I will make her my wife or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, it's that's so it's like these, these guys have no chill. And I'm yeah. always like, guys, you got to have a little more chill. Yeah. A little more chill and everyone's happier. Yeah, definitely, too. Like, just in general, don't be a creep, too. And even, like, I find, um, like, all the relationships I had with, like, somebody I was attracted to, it was, like, it came from just being chill at the moment, you know? It's like making somebody feel safe around you and just, just again, just going back to just being, like, a good human in a way. Like, like yes. there's, there's so many layers to it, too, like, of, like, why I could see somebody, like, frantically, like, trying to catcall somebody, but that's never been, like, my style, nor have I ever seen it work, you know? Yeah, I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah. I, but I'm not a dating expert, so I, I think I'm just, I like to be an observer of humans, and, and I don't see any of the logic or the rationale behind how that approach would be effective, or I don't even know that people are properly identifying their goals. Like, I think that a lot of people are just doing this thing, and they don't even know why they're doing it. Ah, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, if you could get them to kind of question, like, what is it that you're, what is it that you want out of this? Is your goal to humiliate another person? Because if that's it, that's pretty shitty. I would guess that that's not the goal most of the time. Mm -hmm. I think the goal is the lack of tools to communicate something uh, in a more effective way the timeliness of it. You know, I think that maybe these guys that do that, they maybe want to have an interaction that's a little bit more meaningful. Maybe, maybe they, I'm hoping they do. Yeah. Uh, they just don't know how to do it. And they were probably 
not picking the best time to do it as well. Yeah, yeah, especially it's like somebody's going home from work and they're walking the other direction and you too, it's just like... And how scary that that could be for someone. Yeah, they, they don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I, I think, yeah, again, like, these guys, like, they're not, like, thinking about the situation from the third person, you know? They're just kind of, like, yelling from internal emotion or, and yeah. it turns you into, like, a weirdo, you know? They're essentially going into real primal mode where they're just a dog barking at somebody yeah might as like, well it's not even like <laughs> right <laughs> it's not even logical it's weird it's weird but again the empathy piece is that so many people were raised so many different ways and and different examples were set for them like, somebody set that example for them yeah true true so we can't be too hard on people eh sean yeah facts facts <laughs> Hey listeners, we just did a little cut there. During this recording, we experienced a little bit of internet issues on my end, and we got it all fixed. And as me and Cliff discussed the reasonings of why the internet is acting like this, uh, I came to the conclusion it's because I share it with a few tenants in my building. What you're about to hear is us jumping back into the conversation and one of our main theories of why the internet is acting up. I s- love the idea that somebody is stockpiling tentacle porn. <laughs> uh, I, I love how this conversation is going in so many di- different directions as well. <laughs> Speaking of stockpiling, I, I, I wanted to segue you from working in the news. Um, so you were, you were at, the, at CTV working for another company and i want to know what transitioned you into starting your own company starting launchpad i've always been an entrepreneur to some degree right always hustling always trying to find a way to make you know a little extra money and i realized at a certain point that i didn't i wasn't interested in being in news i i, I really it wasn't for me I just wasn't being fulfilled creatively. I also didn't feel seen, which I think happens to a lot of people. I didn't feel like I was listened to, um, which was great because it built up my resilience. I'm really good at getting my ideas rejected. Um, It built a a really thick skin. But also there were things that I felt happened there that it was like such a social science experiment gone wrong. Um, the way, the way in which I believe certain news was collected, the way in which certain news was reported, um, I didn't, I, I, I didn't love it. I found it a little disheartening. And I think that a lot, like there was a lot of people in there that had great ideas that were just never listened to. And I feel like I had some ideas that were, uh, had value that weren't listened to. And so I had to go, I had to go. Um, And a lot of people would ask me, pull me aside and be like, oh, do you do this on the side, like the video thing? And at the time I was, and then finally I realized, okay, we got to do this. And so when I first left, it was literally, I thought I was just going to be doing video stuff. Yeah. But I had all these other skill sets that I hadn't fully realized or hadn't fully considered. 
And as I would meet with new prospects and new clients that ask, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? And I'm a helper by nature. I love helping people. And so I would just figure it out. I would be just figuring stuff out. And yeah. it, it just built and built from there. And after my first three years, I had a, a business partner when I first started. Then I was on my own. Then I met Jason. Seven years ago, we became creative partners. And uh, that's, you know, it, yeah. it's just been incredible. Yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there then, eh? Yeah, lots of ups and downs. Uh, lots of ups and downs. But you know, it's, it's, it's going upwards. Like it's, it's, we're swimming our way upwards. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. And, and it's cool that um, you didn't do this in a market like Toronto too, where it's like oversaturated, you hit your hometown Sudbury. And I'm sure that added like some like excitement and value to that as well too, because I don't think there's like, so many agencies out in Sudbury to compete with too. And like that kind of kind of shows like what's special about you guys and kind of like shine and everything. So yeah, you got it. There's a, there was a little bit more room for uh, failure, I guess we could say. Um, and same thing with every market, right? So businesses that have been around have been around for a long time. And uh, it's been interesting to compete with them and against them. Uh, because I've worked with them. I've collaborated with some of them. And that's been really fun. And yeah, it's, it's really put us in this position where I feel like I, we could compete with any agency anywhere in the world. Because the reality is, if it scales up high enough, I have access to these other agencies that I could collaborate with. And we're able to form like Voltron and take anybody on at any time. Oh, I love that. The, the strength in numbers and plus, like, I don't know, you're, you're so good at, at what you do as well, too. I feel like you're such a special personality, like, to even be in that leader role and just, like, have this team together and just, I don't know, like, you can get, like, again, like, kind of going in full circle, you can get, like, people who are, like, graphic designers, videographers who are usually, like, very introverted and stuff like that, and you're, you turn into, like, the guy who can like send out the troops into different directions and help different, like whether you're building somebody's brand or like putting on yeah. events, which I've also seen you do as well. And just like, it's, it's awesome, man. It's, it's like, it kind of like, it feels like you, and I, I relate this to this too. And it's uh, it, your story inspires me a lot because I do so many different things and to see you kind of break down the best of what you do and turn it into your own thing like again like you mentioned the the Voltron thing but like almost doing that with your traits and turning that into like whether it's a business or just like happiness in life too I feel like I'm in a moment too where I'm finding that in myself or at first, at first I'm like, like I'm doing dude, so much random, random shit. Shit. what's the purpose of all this but now after years <laughs> of doing that it's all came into like this one hub in a way which it's cool. It's cool yeah. to see you do that. It, it inspires me a lot. We're very similar, Sean. And I think that you, you're doing stuff, right? And, and so are you going to be successful every single day? No, I'm not. I mean, there's some days where I'm so pissed at myself. And there's some days when I am just so proud of myself. And that I, I just accept that both of those are going to happen. And I, I experience them when they're happening. 
and I know that I'm building relationships and I know people care about me and I know I care about them. Like you, man, I know that we're going to work on something big together at some point. Yeah, I yeah. Know we've we had I, little moments here and there, and it was, it was like the smoothest projects I could ever like work on, too. Even though there's like a lot of pieces going on from where yes. we, we did the, the proof of concept for outside the box office, show oh, gas, and like just like we made something that had zero budget look like a tv show and man like we got to make magic together someday i don't know what it's gonna do to happen like oh it's it's gonna happen without a shadow of a doubt um yeah that was so fun eh oh that was so fun oh man yeah yeah and it's cool too because like even like um we're talking about like a lot of like your skills of like your technical side with launchpad too but for that project you were the the host of the show you were like the the david letterman the guy like front and center and everything which is it's cool again back to like your many hats and everything dude okay love that you said that sean um i also again i there's both sides i don't believe that you have to be one or another that's another thing that i hated working at ctv there was this idea that you were either one or you were the other, and you uh, couldn't be both. Yeah. And that's insane to me. I'm so interested in both. I'm interested in performing in front of the camera, but I'm also interested in producing it and, and building that project. I'm so interested in it. And yeah. yeah, you use such, like, those are the people I admired growing up. I mean, David Letterman uh, is the, the, a god amongst gods. Conan O'Brien and just so many people that are great at interviewing. I like, I'm obsessed with interviewing. Mm -hmm. I love, like, I love that this is happening right now. I'm stopping myself so much from asking you questions. It's so <laughs> difficult. I, I love asking questions and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at being uh, a guest. Right. Yeah. I, I find I, I'm having that problem because I've been on a couple other people's show where they're interviewing me. And it was like the first couple times I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I keep spinning around like, oh, how do you feel about it? They're like, no, yeah. I'm trying to get your story. Right now, but no, yeah, I want to say, too, you're doing a good job. This is really cool. You yeah. know? I'm learning a lot about you. And I always knew we were like kind of similar, like just personality wise. But even down to our story, um, I um, took an advertising class. I wasn't a good student. I was doing so much random shit. My teacher was like, oh, you got to pick. You want to be um, a graphic guy? Do you want to be a writer? And I'm just doing everything at once. And like people were looking at me like, oh, this kid's lost. <laughs> and then I didn't know what to do. And then... I just started going nuts with a camera one day and that's the long story short that led me down to this path to meeting you and Yas and Jason and everybody. But uh, yeah, we have- Well, that's on. it. I, I experienced our experience again, very, very similar experiences. I would be hard on myself sometimes. And it's so weird that my random all over the place-ness, how it all came together. It's, I have to pinch myself every once in a while because it's, there's so many things where I was like, what a pointless thing I did there. And then years later, I've been able to apply it to this job. And I would have never predicted that. There was no way to know that those things would have helped me in the future. 
Yeah, it's like this life magic shit. And I've been seeing it more and more like day by day. Like even like, yeah, it's a like same thing back. Like I look, or I thinking about like 10 years ago where like a teacher's like getting mad at me for doing like all this scattered stuff. And now it's like all fit together like a puzzle or just moments happen where I, I got to be on my feet, like filming like for like a king of the dot event or whatever it's like oh i can i can do this i can jump here and like where did i learn that oh from that one day where i was just like fucking around or <laughs> it's like turned into a broken puzzle turned into like something that fits together and everything you got it and i think i i can understand with educators how it's hard for them to know what to do with people like us yeah. right it's our path isn't clear and i don't think that that the education system is set up to ever know what to do with people that are creative. We're not gonna easily be placed into a box, right? We're, it's just yeah. not how we operate. It's the reason why we look at the world in a different way. And I think that that's important. I don't think that's a, a bad, I think it's a great thing. It's why we're able to, you know, do fun and interesting things and I think you know, innovative people aren't necessarily people that are linear thinkers per se. Yeah, that's so true. And you know what? I, we're almost like at an hour now. I feel like I can fucking talk to you all fucking day. I like to, I like to keep these an hour. So maybe this will be part one. And then um, once the world comes back together, I'll have you in the studio and we'll, we'll pick up and just talk about life and creativity and everything if you'd be down with that. I love that idea. This is like the teaser. This is the the social isolation episode, Isolation Nation with Sean and Cliff. Uh, I dig it, brother. I yeah. dig it. And yeah, I'd love to go out there. I'd love to sit in your studio or I'd love to go sit in the middle of Danforth Square with people rushing around us and you and I with a microphone just sitting on two fold-out chairs just doing a podcast oh like, yeah i don't care i'm down for whatever that'll be part three man we're yeah your, our stories are just like we're in the midst of everything you know it's like and that's that's what's cool about having like this platform to uh even like um i noticed uh somebody some people i've been interviewing like two years ago i can always get them back because everything changes and flows and stuff like that so this is uh a little taste of them or the people who listen to my show to get to know Cliff. And also, uh, can you let them know where they can like check out uh, Launchpad and all your socials and stuff like that? Definitely. I'd also like to correct my screw up. I meant to say Dundas Square, not Danforth Square. <laughs> I'm sure there's like, there's a, there's a little like area in Danforth and stuff. We can sit there and as well. <laughs> That'll be part four. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, so if you want to find out more about uh, what uh, I do, you could go to launchpadcreative.ca and there's a lot of fun stuff on there. That's my agency. It shows you the work that we do. I think you'll, you, you guys, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like telling the audience they're going to dig it, but I don't know who the audience is. I love it. It speaks to me uh, as somebody that was raised in the 80s. It's got some real retro fun throwback things. We do something cool on our website called Nows. So it's almost like, think of it like a Twitter feed where we're constantly updating that uh, on the projects we're working on. I write my blogs, I put my blogs on there. And if you wanna follow me on Instagram, I got Cliff Notes. Can you believe that like 
how has that company not come after me? Don't it's, say anything. Yeah, don't yeah. Tell <laughs> follow it, but don't tell anybody. Like whisper exactly. it, you know, whisper follow it. Follow it, tell all your friends to follow me, but don't tell anybody. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. just tell, tell everybody you know, but no more than that. <laughs> That's amazing. Anywho, Cliff, um, thanks again. And I want to remind people who are listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TalkShoe, or any of your favorite podcast listening apps, that each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. If you forgot what Cliff said, you can go to the page of the episode and check out the links to his website and everything. And I might be like digging around trying to find some old projects of him if there's some videos and just put that stuff up there. And yeah, but again, Cliff, I love you, brother. Thank you for your time. I love you too. And uh, hey, man, have a great day. Stay safe. I can't wait to see you soon. I got a big hug waiting for you. <laughs>